Hello? Hi. Yes. Unfortunately, unlike Elf, I'm not remotely interested in gaining your trust. My sole concern is that you cease this tiresome charade. Right now. Lieutenant, that's what Elf said. That's you, isn't it? So, you can recite what you've been told. Very clever, and you're a charming lady friend. My dear, why don't you use your undoubted influence and persuade this young man to close his mouth? Who are you? What do you want? I am Belial. As to what I want, well, that can wait a little longer. While we have some fun. Humans do bleed, don't they? Tonight, on the Commune Podcast. Splendid. Hello and welcome to episode 51 of the Commune Podcast. Today we will be talking about Realms of the Haunting and the controls within. But before we get to that, I wanted to ask, Fox, how have you been doing? I've been good. I've taken a long break from these, so it's good to be back. Yeah, your last game was... did you play Ball Cube? No. Ah, I don't remember. Well, it's good. To, it's good to have you back, um, Mario fan. How have you been doing? Hungry. Oh, did you eat? Oops. <laughs> ah, that would be it. So <laughs> you can't just eat once and expect it to go away. Gosh darn it! <laughs> Shouty, how have you been doing? When did you start numbering the podcasts? Like always. That? Wait, yeah, they've always been numbered. Yeah, but when did you start <laughs> announcing the numbers? When we got past 50. Oh, so now it's a special. Yeah, it's a special. Shouty, can you tell me what you've been playing lately? Oh, hold on. Yeah, I've been playing Hang Parasite on, Eve. Oh. No, Parasite <laughs> Eve. I have to think about that for a second. Uh, that's a one of those PS1 RPGs, right? Yeah. It's so, like a mix of survival horror and RPG. And it's made by Square. And it's supposed to be Final Fantasy VIII, seven, whichever. 87? <laughs> um, yeah. So what makes it survival horror? It, it, there's like um, some element of uh, limited supplies. Mm. Like, what's weird about it is that um, you have to rely on... Uh, weapons with ammo whereas in other survival horror games you can just get by on a melee weapon so th- is this also normal turn-based combat it's not it's uh, ATB okay but you, you can move around it's you have a field to move around and you wait uh, for your gauge to fill and um, the enemy is also attacking and you can do- dodge their attacks if you time your movements right that sounds actually pretty compelling is it good yeah, I think it's pretty good. Nice. That's why I bought it in the sequel when it was on sale. On sale? Yeah, on sale on PSN. Oh, yeah, I was about to ask. Okay, that's cool. Fox, what have you been playing lately? Uh, I've been going through Hitman Blood Money again and playing Lovely Planet on the side. Playing what planet? Lovely Planet. What's Wait. that? It's, uh, it's well, you pretty... would know if you downloaded the Wii U demos. <laughs> yeah, it's one of them indie games. Yeah, well... I downloaded it, I didn't play it. Yeah. 
I, I don't even recognize the name. I just know I downloaded all those demos. <laughs> well, there are two planets. There's Freedom Planet and Lovely Planet. <laughs> so, Fox, could you tell us about the Lovely Planet? Um, I think it's kind of like billed as a Twitch shooter, but it's it plays kind of puzzly, uh, uh-huh. where you, you, your goal is to go through the level as quickly as you can while also shooting up all the bad guys and not getting hit, of course. Those sound like things I enjoy. Why? Why is it called Lovely Planet? I don't know. It, <laughs> maybe, maybe they'll tell me at the end. <laughs> it's got lovely music. It does. Oh, really it's got and colorful. It's got like a similar aesthetic to Katamari Damacy. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's blocky, low poly. And colorful. Ooh, I like low poly. I need more low poly. And Hitman Blood Money. Is I got the impression from your posts that it was the the map navigation is kind of like in Thief. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which Thief? And well, in what sense? So in Thief, you have these like big sprawling levels, and um, there are guards patrolling, and certain points you need to hit in a certain order to complete whatever missions you're given, and you either evade or take out guards, and. Uh, yeah, it's like a big old tactical maze. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, it's kind of like that. Uh, I think it's pretty different from Thief in that uh, in Hitman, it's there's almost like no concern over getting spotted because of disguises. So it's, oh, it's yeah. really more of a people-watching game. Okay, I do that at the mall sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like Hotline Miami. Uh, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, sounds good. Uh, Wario fan, what have you been playing lately? Final Fantasy VIII. Oh, still on that. In Parasite yeah. Eve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, how many junctions have you done? A lot, so many junctions. <laughs> you know, I, I thought when they were explaining junctions in the beginning, I was getting really overwhelmed, but I just rolled with it and... and you can automatically have the game set you up based on, like, you know, if you want to go powerhouse or defense house. And, and yeah, I'm just rolling with it. It's like, oh, this isn't so bad. Huh. Okay. So the game, even if the system initially seems overwhelming, there's some grace to it that it's accessible. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I, I think I, I, I mentioned this to Fox, but I had sort of a gradual learning curve with the systems in this game. Because there's more than just that. There's like, you can like refine your items to be other items. And you can win cards from the card game and turn those into items. Oh. And it's it's all interconnected. An ecosystem of systems. Yes. Okay. Sounds pretty cool. I've also turned on no random battles, so it's very good. <laughs> no random. Wait, what? How does that work? You can, you can. Uh, one of the guys, one of your summons, you can make him learn a move, uh, make him learn an ability where you just don't get any random battles. Oh, so it's not quite like really default. So you can. I mean, you're missing out on experience that way, right? Yeah, well, Fox could probably explain why that doesn't matter. It scales to your level. (laughs) 
Wait, the enemies scale... Even the bosses? Everything scales to your level. What? That works? No. It, it, well, it depends on how you define works. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like you, Warrior Fan, would at least recommend playing without random battles. You're having a good time without them. Yeah, I'm still managing by the bosses. I, I think Fox is, or maybe has done a challenge run of it recently. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, sounds good. I'm going to... It, it's gooder than what Shouty leads me to believe. Gooder, yes. <laughs> Controls define what you can do in a video game, whether you can walk or jump, shoot or crouch, whatever. But beyond that, controls also determine how easy it is to do something. Both Mega Man and the Prince of Persia can jump, but one of them will have a harder time doing it than the other. Up first, we're going to focus solely on the controls in Realms of the Haunting. It's an early first-person shooter and an early attempt in the genre to incorporate some adventure-style puzzles beyond key cards and doors. As a result, the controls, and what you can do with them, come together in some interesting ways. So I wanted to get at controls in Realms of the Haunting, the controls in this game are kind of weird because they're from that early 3D era where mouse look wasn't the standard yet. So I wanted to ask, Shouty, you've beaten the game, right? Mm-hmm. What controls did you play with? Was the A and D were were to look left and right, not to strafe. Right. I, use, I, I basically didn't use strafing in this game. You got by without strafing? Yeah. Okay. Were those controls effective in combat? Yeah. What I would do is I would, like, use pseudo-tank controls, and, like, when I wanted to get away from the enemy, I would step back and turn and pivot. Yeah, pivot I, away. I would do a lot of that. That is not pseudo-tank controls. That just is tank controls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so enemies let you just back off like that? Yeah. Fastest enemy does not move faster than you. Oh. And were those controls effective with puzzles? Like, did you ever have any problem dealing with the puzzles there? No. Okay. Puzzles are not savage monsters. <laughs> They're pretty patient. Are not savage monsters. One feature of the controls you didn't mention was that you need the mouse for puzzles, right? Yeah. That's... It's just pointing and clicking. Okay, so cut and dry. Yeah. Alright. Wario fan, what controls have you been playing with? Well, after being a guinea pig to the controller patch, I've been sticking with the Wasta. Have you dealt with strafing at all? Strafing? <laughs> this isn't Doom. <laughs> uh, it looks like uh, Doom. No, I, I can't say I felt the need to strafe. Okay, and that goes for combat and for puzzle solving? Yeah, what am I going to strafe away from the puzzles? <laughs> oh, watch out for that locked door. It's gradually doing nothing. <laughs> um, in particular... What do you think? <laughs> yeah, uh, there are 
points where the controls can make puzzle solving weird in that they like to put stuff on the floor and um instead of just mouse looking at the floor you have to reach over to your home or end key to find stuff oh yeah is there any time-based puzzles or something there's platforming yeah platform okay well there's you haven't gone up to it yeah, I, I, most of my time when I'm trying to solve puzzles, I accidentally shoot out a we- uh, mirror or a window. So, um, <laughs> I just... Oops! Yeah, oops! <laughs> Mario Finn, do you have a keyboard that has page up and page down? Uh, let me check. I don't think so. <laughs> well... Well, I guess since you aren't so far in the game, uh, I don't have to tell you what to do. Uh, I'm so, going to have to page up. Never mind. I actually wanted to ask, what do you prefer between uh, home and end versus page up and page down? Well, what, what do you mean home and end? <laughs> so home <laughs> and end, they lock what position you're looking in, whereas page up and page down just sort of nod in whatever direction. I like locking much more. I'll, I'll page up to go back to my normal viewing, but I like to... Like, oh, um, that's what you mean by locking. Yeah. Yeah, I do the I do the same thing. Why do you do that, Fox? I don't know. I feel like I, I need to look at it for more than a half second. Uh, the nodding gives me. Yeah, it's kind of annoying to hold down that page key. There's also... I don't know why, but there are a lot of surfaces that if you page down, you'll, like, jitter uncontrollably, but yeah. if you end, he'll lock in place and won't convulse. I don't think I've seen anything like that. So, Fox, what controls did you play with? The same as everyone else, except that I have been using strafing. Okay, where did you plot strafing, then? A and D, walks left and right, Q and E are, you know, rotate like a tank. Okay. I, I, like, I like to always be facing, I and mean, I don't... I'm I'm used to being able to whip around really quickly on a, on a mouse, so I just I need to be able to turn around and move at the same time. Yeah, so you could never walk right and then strafe right, or or and turn right. I mean, you could, but it just might not be so, yeah. so comfortable. Uh, oh wait, so when so when you're moving, oh oh no, wait, so you couldn't walk forward and 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 turn right at the same time. Wait, Wait, why not? Yeah. W well, and I mean, E. Yeah, W and E, you'd have to press that but those two keys with one finger, wouldn't you? I just move the I I do too. And then when I when I did turn around I just switch to back so I'm still moving in the same direction but I'm walking away from the enemy. Hmm. Alright. So why did you land on that control scheme? It just seemed the most natural to me. I don't know. I, okay. I, I don't I don't like uh, having A and D be rotate, it, it seems really unfamiliar to me. So you've yeah, played. It's, it's not. It's not great. <laughs> Is that to say you've played a lot of games where those two keys are strafing? Yeah. Well, yeah, a lot of modern games have those as strafing because they have mouse look. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what like Hitman? Yeah, I guess it does that. Okay. Not so much. Lovely Planet. So you feel like that fits the combat and the puzzles pretty well. The controls, uh, yeah, I'm 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 always willing to give them a pass because I feel like it's their intention to make them bad in horror games. Uh, it's just like it's, it's it's something that comes comes stock with it is 
it should look creepy, give you jump scares, and be hard to control. Why is that? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> because, I mean, it's like, it adds to the atmosphere. It's like, mm-hmm. you're you're stumbling to do something, so mm-hmm. you're stumbling with the controls as equally as, um, kind of like a state how, of panic. Yeah. Kind of like when they're trying to jumble with their, their keys to get into a door. You're, you're just trying yeah. to jumble to walk around, yeah. Literal keys, not keyboard keys. Yeah. Uh, that obstruction of control it disorients you in the way that the setting and enemies do. Yeah. Cause okay. Yeah, because you, you have to be able to do that in an interactive way instead of just being instead of being doing the passive way that you can with a movie. Right. But then it sounds like um, you've adjusted the controls to weed out that sort of uncomfortable element. That's just in it, his case. I've minimized it. I don't think it's all. I don't think it's it's perfect. I think that's all you can yeah. do is minimize it. Yeah. So what? Uh, what would be like a perfect control scheme for Realms of the Haunting? Just add back in mouse look. Mario fan, when you started Realms of the Haunting, did you expect the controls to be different in any way? Not necessarily. I mean, 3D space using walking keys to walk. It's uh... Seem pretty straightforward. Okay. I, maybe I'm not understanding the question correctly. I don't know. Like, um, when you pop open a first-person shooter adventure game from 1996, is this how you would have expected it to control? Well, I, you know, I probably would have played GoldenEye on the Nintendo 64 with the three-prong controller and not a mouse and keyboard. So I don't know if I can adequately say that. I see. You just don't have the like requisite PC knowledge there to form an expectation. Yeah, my 90s PC... My 90s computer gaming experience consisted of number munchers, so... Oh. I'm <laughs> so there's, there's really nothing for me to compare it to, per se, because I wasn't really, you know... I, I played stuff like Think of Things and Zumbinis. We gonna have to commune Zumbinis. I w- I hope so. I think we could uh, stand to improve our math skills here. <laughs> oh, it doesn't sound like a math game. The math, reading, you know, read a rabbit. Gener- yeah, for babies. <laughs> yeah, we definitely gotta play that then. Okay, wait. We we don't really need to play read a rabbit. We can play Jumpstart Sixth Grader Edition. Happy. <laughs> 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 Fox, did you expect the realms of the haunting controls to be any different than they are? Uh, I didn't expect the mouse to be as functional as it is. I guess it's 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 weird to have it split like that. So, how do you mean functional? Um, it's I mean it's still used as you might expect it in a point and click adventure. So you can you can move it all around the screen, but to have it also be that first person perspective thing and not be able to move with the mouse, it, it's it's really weird to have that. So what you're speaking to is the fact that it's taking the straight Doom-style first-person shooter where the mouse is irrelevant and then pasting on top of it the old-school point-and-click where you have a static camera. Yeah. So in an old-school point-and-click, you might have a static image that you can roam your mouse over, and it's kind of weird to do that when you can shift perspective. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's 
like two different words. It's 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 a combination of two strange things. I don't think fit together that I mean, you don't see them that commonly at least. So to have them merge controls, it's it's something unusual. Shadi, did you expect the controls to be different in any way? I thought it was just going to be regular Doom controls. Because um, there are Doom source ports that allow you to have mouse look. Oh, so you would have expected mouse look in this as well. It, even in the Doom source ports, uh, source, por- uh, me, source ports, uh, the ones that just keep you on the, on the x-axis, that don't let you look up, those still allow for mouse look. In that case, you would still have the Rise of the Triad style looking up and looking down? No, you wouldn't have any looking up. But, but, look. Oh, or wait, you mean with, like, the... The keys. Keys, oh yeah, I guess that would be the case. Yeah. But there is a game that does have pointing click and, um, and looking around at the same time, and it's Metroid Prime 3 uh, with the Wii Remote. Yeah, that's it's still right. Still point and click, but if you move it uh, towards this, uh, a cer- uh, over a, thir- a certain threshold over um, on the screen, uh, you'll make Samus look a, di- a certain direction. So you can still have her s- s- um, looking straight ahead if you don't move the uh, remote too far over that threshold. I think that's commonly called a dead zone, where you have like an area in the middle where you can safely move something without changing your perspective. Mm-hmm. Wario fan, I wanted to ask, uh, have you noticed the way the cursor is set up that has those two circle, the green circle bits? Yes. Well, I, I, I kind of, I, I read the manual beforehand, so I knew to expect that, I guess. Where it's got the one circle representing the left mouse button and the one circle re- representing the right mouse button. like. Uh... Oh. oh, that's what you meant. I thought you meant how, how the cursor changes when it's, you can look at something or when you can kill something. Yeah, that's definitely part of it. Um, Such as glass. Yeah. Can you kill glass? <laughs> I mean, it's there and it lets me. It must be evil. It's there and it lets me. It must be evil. It's, make, it's glowing. It's making your cursor glow red. So how intuitive do you... Like, is that a good system? I mean, I think it's good because it lets you know, you know what's examinable compared to what's like background or just objects. I was going to say it lets you know whether or not something's examinable physically or examin- examinable um, optically. You can either look at it and make an observation from Adam, or you can touch it. Please note that observation is in quotes. Yeah. <laughs> well. Bone yeah. looks human. Chair. <laughs> Sandal. Oh, man, you need, to, you need to find Rebecca. Yeah. Oak had oh, God. A- Oak had a brilliant comment the other day where he talked about how uh, how much Rebecca adds to the game. <laughs> Which is chair, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I feel like the mouse is an important part of the game world. In, in adventure games, it's easy for everything to run together and not know what stands out. And um, it's a great shortcut to let you know what's interactable in what way. So, Fox, how do other games like Realms of the Haunting control? Games like Realms of the Haunting is a hard thing to find anyway. Well, uh, what, what genre would you say is Realms of the Haunting? Horror. Or, yeah. Oh, it's, I don't know about survival horror, because it's, yeah. I, mean, it's, it's just, I don't it think there's have, much concern. In... It does have item, uh, you know, there's a limit to how many items you can find. 
doesn't have that aspect of survival horror. Yeah, you only get so many potions, so much ammo. That's true. So, how, Fox, how do other horror or survival horror games control? Yeah, and in my experience, I'm off with Silent Hill. Uh, so, it's it's the the tank controls, so no strafing. Wasn't there another game you mentioned, Penumbra? Yeah. Penumbra has <laughs> strafing. What's that? Penumbra? Yeah, Penumbra has strafing, though. I don't remember enough of that to be... I, I distinctly remember it having generic for, uh, first-person shooter controls. Did it have, uh, for moving objects, you had to move the mouse a certain way? Like, to pick up an object, you had to pick it up and then move the mouse forward? Like a gesture. I, I yeah. guess. Oh, wait. Yeah, I guess, yeah, you did have to gesture with the mouse. That is one thing that it did differently. So I think that's it's similar in an aspect. And I think it, I think that fits the genre. Because it's more of that putting you in the uh, putting you in the environment feeling. Realms of the Haunting and Penumbra are both like first person horror games. Yeah. Okay. Only Penumbra is maybe a little more uh, modern in its mouse looking. Yeah. Sensibilities. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mario fan, how do other horror games control in your experience? Like Resident Evil, where you know up isn't necessarily up, it's forward. Yeah. Like, technically speaking, Realms of the Haunting is the same control scheme, because it's about turning and moving forward. And Right. And you didn't use the strafe keys, right? Right. Well, I think, I mean, the, the, the key difference, I suppose, is that the Realms of the Haunting is first person, and games like Resident Evil and Santa Hill have, well, they used to have static cameras, Right. So you had to adjust based on the angle. So Realms of the Haunting actually has an advantage there in that your perspective matches your controls. Right. I'm going to jut in and say that I think this camera is actually has the potential to be more limiting than uh, those static cameras. You can only see directly in front of you, whereas if it's static, it's usually overhead and you have a clear visual of everything that's going on. Oh, that's true. You can see enemies coming up behind you and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The only thing you have here is, like, audio cues, which may not be that great. Oh, yeah. There's so many times enemies spawn, like, directly behind you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Shadi, did I ask you how other games, like, or how other horror games control in your experience? No. How do other horror games control in your experience, Shadi? I don't really play many horror games. I mean, I played the aforementioned Penumbra, and I kind of answered that... Fox. Okay. With Fox. <laughs> yeah, with Fox. Um, with a fox in a box. <laughs> <laughs> I personally would have compared Realms of the Haunting more to... Doom? Yeah, like, Heretic is that Doom game that adds mm. adventure elements, right? Uh, no. I think you're thinking of Strife. Strife is the one where you can talk to people. Heretic is kind of like a Doom clone with like medieval elements. Yeah, it's a it's a Doom clone and it has like puzzles and stuff, right? No oh, wait, I'm not thinking of Strife. I think of something else. Whatever. Now I'm making things more confusing. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Let's, let's stick with well, yeah. <laughs> Watching Realms of the Haunting, I would have expected it to be a Doom clone with puzzles. But it's actually, like, the puzzles aspect is a good bit more complicated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's more like puzzles with Doom aspect. 
Yeah, the Doom aspect is really played down because of how the enemy AI works. No, oh, I was thinking of Hexen. Uh, isn't Hexen Heretic 2? Yeah. It is? Okay. Okay, yeah, it is. What am I thinking of? Sorry. Isn't <laughs> that uh, puzzle game on Xbox? Puzzle oh, game on Xbox? Oh, wait. No, that's Hexic. <laughs> <laughs> So, Wario fan, is there anything about the controls you'd like to change? Not necessarily. No, I, I don't really have too much issue with the controls themselves. Okay. But I guess I guess I guess my main issues will come up in the next section, though. So. Oh. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shadi, is there anything you would change about the controls? I, I wouldn't change anything, only because of how. Well, the game is designed to not make me criticize the controls just because level design is so easy and it's very um, patient. So you don't miss strafing or mouse look? No, I don't because of just how the level design accommodated the lack of those things. Yeah, I've had a similar experience where part of it is the enemy AI, part of it is the room design where... Even if you don't abuse the fact that enemies can't leave the room, usually dealing with them isn't too bad. Yeah. Like, if the enemies had Doom-level AI, I'd probably worry you. You know, would not be able to do this? Yeah. And, Fox, is there anything you would like to change about the controls that you can't? Nothing that I already haven't. Uh, I mean, at first I really wanted to look at added mouse look, but, you know, the more you play, the more, uh, the more natural it feels, I guess. Yeah. I suppose that speaks to what Shadi was talking about, where the game is yeah. really designed for it and encourages you to step into this kind of awkward control scheme. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't I... know if I'd say it encourages you to step into an awkward control scheme. It just accommodates an awkward control scheme. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. In games like Resident Evil and Silent Hill, I feel like the control scheme is even beneficial to how the game works because uh, it allows you to run past enemies through these complicated level layouts. The tank controls keep the gameplay from getting too complex. Oh, yeah. it's a good point. You know, this is kind of semi-relevant. When they remade Resident Evil 1 again recently, the HD one, the GameCube one, they, they swapped in regular controls. I mean, you could choose between classic controls or the controls you wanted back in the 90s. Yeah. And I think, I might be mixing this up with another game, but I think there's an achievement if you beat it with tank controls. There are achievements in GameCube? No, well, it's an HD. GameCube is HD. You're, 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 you're going to find an IGN article saying why GameCube should have had achievements. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm submitting it. I'm not looking for it. I'm going to ignore it. Oh, it's nice that your cursor turns red when you can shoot an enemy because it keeps you from wasting ammo when you are using something with ammo. I I mean, it won't let you shoot when it's green, right? You can press control to manually shoot. Oh. Well, I, you know, I, 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 I don't shoot unless I have to. Like, if I see myself in the mirror, then I know it's time to shoot. Do you hate yourself that much? 
I can't let him escape the mirror zone, shouty. <laughs> uh, you were saying, Fox? I was going to say the same thing. I, I, I like how it restricts shooting. Oh, nice. I think in that sense, it, that is just how much the game downplays the Doom elements. True. How you, how you can't go wild with with your shooting. You have to be conservative. Mm-hmm. But um, in that sense, it also goes conservative with the adventure elements because uh, on the version... See, I can't remember, but I'm, I swear... On the GOG version, it defaults you to the easy puzzle mode. Yeah, it does. Okay. And, you know, just like you can't shoot unless you are hovering over an enemy, if you need a puzzle object, he'll automatically place it for you once you hover over the right spot. Yeah. So it's the item. It's like enemies are puzzles that require bullets. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah, considering the AI of the enemies, that is pretty... I don't, I don't think Leighton would really like it. <laughs> <laughs> They're just puzzles that require bullets. <laughs> I just imagine him saying this to Luke. <laughs> Take the gun, Luke. <laughs> Realms of the Haunting has a thick atmosphere, presented through detailed graphics, interaction with the environment, commentary on items, and full motion video. What kind of atmosphere does Realms of the Haunting portray, and how do its elements come together? Next, did you know that Realms of the Haunting has a story? What? <laughs> did you know that Realms of the Haunting has a story? Oh, that's right. Yeah, you should turn up your volume. Um, <laughs> so, Wario fan, how does the in-game dialogue, like when you click on items and talk to stuff, and, uh, and the non-gameplay cutscenes, like where it transitions to live action, how do those contribute to the atmosphere and the general feel of the mansion? Well, I think the atmosphere does a good job of convincing you that you're in this, uh, you know, haunted old mansion and there's some deeper stuff going on. You know, I, I think I think the cutscenes do a good job about that if, if you imagine that this is the mid-90s, you know. Yeah. You know, and you see the, the crappy CG fire. Right. We had those back in the mid-90s. Now we have the, real the, fire. The in-game dialogue, not so much, doesn't really do anything to the atmosphere. It's just... it's. It's stale. So very stale. I mean, you know, <laughs> Guybrush would, would, you know, he run his mouth off on anything, but this guy, he's like, chair, <laughs> candle. He's very practical. He's statues from the Norman period. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some stuff he knows that's kind of goofy that he knows it. Uh, he's a historian, I guess. But Wario fan, so the, the cutscenes helped in that regard? Yeah, I think. I mean, it's it's such a weird contrast compared to, uh, you know, he's he's so talkative in the cutscenes, and then the dialogue. It's like, eh. But the cutscenes do, I feel, think it, it it gets you in the mood that you're in this spooky abomination mansion. 
So what was a like what was a cutscene in particular that helped that out? Uh when your dead father came to talk to you, I think. Yeah, so watching someone talk with their dead father in some random room in a creepy old mansion is a little inordinary, yeah. extraordinary. And whatever what stuff he was doing when he sat on that throne and burned his hand on the skulls, that was pretty spooky. Yeah, I thought that was a game over screen. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, this is taking so a while. Anxious. I was so anxious we were not saving before that, without doing the whole cutscene. Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for him to explode or something. <laughs> so, Fox, how would you say the in-game dialogue contributes to the atmosphere? The dialogue? Uh, yeah, not not so much. Cutscenes give it this... It, it seems like it's really into its genre. Like, a, it feels like a... I don't know, a little over the top at times. Which I think is what it's going for. I think, I think what gave me the, the strongest impression of that is seeing... Is it Florentine that the, is in your avatar? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just seeing an actual twirly mustache twirler. So the part of what convinces you is the dedication they take to costume design and set design. Yeah. And you know, the, the lighting in particular, too, I think that gives it a, a bit of atmosphere to it. Because, I mean, it's not just... It's not just yellow light over Florentine's face. It's it's got that dark red lighting on it. Yeah. And then when you're in that that chair, there's a whole bunch of lighting going on. I think I don't remember. Actually. I remember that being on. a very green scene. Yeah. Do you think that same level of saturation holds in the game world itself? Uh, I think they tried to. The lighting is the lighting engine in this lighting system in this game is really wonky. So I don't I don't think they could if they wanted to. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Uh they tried. <laughs> um, Shouty, how does the in-game dialogue contribute to the atmosphere? No. <laughs> you you beat the game. You heard the entire game's worth of in-game dialogue, and nothing nothing jumped out to you. It was really boring. <laughs> well, what about the cutscenes? Cutscenes were also boring. Oh man! Did you have fun playing this game? Quite an indictment. Yes, the puzzles were fun. Going through, you know, three-dimensional maze-like places was fun, but I think the story was just really so convoluted, and I was just completely disinterested with it the entire time. It is. I do think the point of it is to be convoluted, but also, yeah, that means it's no single story beat is that interesting. I feel to like no, there's only one ending in the game, and I think this game, this is the sort of game that would benefit from having multiple endings. How's that? Because it helps you compartmentalize uh, the how different aspects of the story result in different consequences. Mm, so it would have given more meaning to the the parts that you can interact with. Yeah. All right. Um, there's only one ending, so. Yeah. Yeah. Am I the only one that beat the game? I'm at. I need to redo chapter ten. Oh right. Well, are you a fan? How far are you? Chapter two. I. He's in jail. Well, you you got the 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 mark at least if you saw that cutscene. <laughs> All right, so 
you know, what happened is, um, you know, I, I saw that big steel door that looked like a jail door, and I thought, oh, I'm in jail. And the other way was just... <laughs> You're like a dog. It's just a gate that's half open. And it's like, oh, I can't get through this. <laughs> Jesus. It had those hand chains, too. I mean, what was I supposed to think? I mean, okay, right, you're, so- you're right. When I clicked on it at first, and it sort of wiggled. I, I didn't think it was going to fully open, because I thought it was locked or something. But then I clicked <laughs> on it again. I was like, oh, this is a door. All right, so I go up the stairs, and I see this big rock in the way. And I'm like, uh-oh, I'm trapped. Why do you keep so, calling it a rock? I don't know. It's a rock wall. Oh, is that the rubble that falls when you go no. down? No, it's not the rubble. Oh. So, you know, I, that was like, I don't know, a week ago, two weeks ago, I gave up. I said, I'm in jail. I don't have time for <laughs> I'm in jail. Time do to not pass go. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then an hour and a half ago... Uh, Shouty says, show me where you're at. And I show him the jail. He says, that's a door, you idiot. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> and I, and Did I you want to? And I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> it was a door the whole time. <sighs> so I'm not very good at, at navigating in this uh, game. Well, it sounds like that was just a matter of getting used to the control scheme. Yeah, but also... Um, even before that, the area, and even the area I'm in now, just seems really samey and mazy, and I'm kind of lost. I don't even know what I'm supposed to do next. Oh, you haven't seen the half of it. I just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. If you think this is a maze, get ready. Oh, I, and I wasn't really good with this in Doom either, with this maziness. I, I, I just... I prefer the hand-holding when it comes to these types of games. Yeah, this is what uh, PC gamers loved in the 90s. Well, you were all wrong. Give me a card key. It should have been more like Half-Life. Yeah. So, Fox, could you tell me um, what kind of atmosphere does the gameplay set up? I'm not sure what quite how to answer. I can think of things that, that feed into it, but I'm not sure what, quite, what atmosphere. Sure. Like, what are, what are things that feed into it? Like, from the moment you go into the haunted house, the, not the house, yeah. And then you go into it, you, you see these paintings all over the place. Like, the house is really designed like a, a spooky castle thing. Uh, you, you've got the, the eyes on the paintings that I imagine like, blink at you. Uh, there are the paintings of Florentine everywhere. <laughs> That's so goofy. Yeah. <laughs> the eyes actually remind me of Zool. <laughs> it's another gremlin game. Um... Yeah, so the house is actually very lushly decorated, and there's a lot just hanging on the wall, and even the candles and suits of armor and stuff. Um, then you get to the bits where there are huge murals and like the caverns. There's the the writing, the huge letters written on the walls. Like, Dear Florentine, stop. Yeah. This is burned in blood. Stop. I think it says Florentine, you are a tool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Made me laugh. Um. But- I really like that kind of stuff. It's, I mean, it's, 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 it's its own thing, but it's, I think it's really cool. It, it kind of puts me into a, a certain mood that makes playing this fun. Yeah, it's having all of those objects there for flavor. Yeah. Mario fan, what kind of atmosphere do you get out of the, the gameplay? Spooky. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if I, uh, if I can really say anything that hasn't already been covered, but I mean, uh, 
it's a haunted house and there's demons everywhere and yeah so what kind of atmosphere does the does the combat set up that it's haunted by demons and uh, i i don't know kill them kill the demons <laughs> it, it you know the house is infested yeah it, you're you were actually the exterminator that's the real reason your father called you here <laughs> <laughs> Adam, I have a pest problem, and I'm too dead to take care of it. <laughs> I'm too dead. I'm just too darn dead. <laughs> so, Shadi, you contended with a number of puzzles over the course of the game. What kind of atmosphere did you get out of them? Confusing. There weren't really any creepy puzzles. Like, that video you you showed us, um, it said that one of the parts of the of the game was not, like, it was like, it took place in a scary place. I'm not going to spoil where, but... Is it hell? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, like, it, like, the puzzle itself in that area was not scary. Like, it didn't, it didn't really do anything to incite fear or unsettle you. It just... It was just collect a bunch of things and bring them to a place. It wasn't like... The, the example that I was using in the video is, like, you, don't, you aren't, like, trying to lure a soul of the damned who is shrieking at you into, like, a, a boiling vat of acid. <laughs> like, that would be unnerving. But there was no such... Uh, like that. You, um, does that mean that you were not unnerved by that very first room puzzle with the, uh, the adults laughing at the crying baby? It's not a puzzle, it's a set piece. Yeah, yeah it's part of the puzzle. No, it's Why not. are these people laughing at a crying baby? That's, That's not a puzzle. Why would you puzzle about that? What's wrong with you? The puzzle is, why is it in the game? Oh. Oh, to unnerve you. So you feel like the puzzles are just kind of basic lock and key kind of stuff, and the flavor aspect of the puzzles isn't really capitalized on. Yeah. I would say that even if the puzzles aren't horrifying, there are a lot of mystical things you interact with, like placing weirdo serpent statues in a sarcophagus to open it. That's normal to me. <laughs> that's what? That's normal to me. Oh, that's... That's how, he, that's how he gets into bed every day. Yeah. Come on. Are you a vampire? That's just racist. <laughs> Uh-oh. So, Fox, would you say the gameplay and cutscenes are in harmony? Yeah, like, when when a cutscene starts playing, I don't feel like it's too big of a jump to to believe that this is happening where I am. I think part of it is that they actually let you... You, you can do dialogue choices within the cutscenes. Okay. So I feel like this... Like my game gameplay hasn't really stopped when the cutscenes happen. I still have to be a little bit of focus. Yeah. You still have a presence even though it's the cutscene. Right. Mario fan, <laughs> would you say that gameplay and cutscenes are in harmony? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, um, I, I guess it helps that it's it's first person, I suppose. In in some games of that era, you get like you know these really blocky graphics, and then the cutscenes are these impressive CG scenes. But here, it's like you don't know what your character looks like outside of the cutscenes. Presumably, he looks the same. And when you get to the cutscenes, you're you're interacting in the very room you're even in. So. It, which I think helps kind of keep you into the groove, I guess. Yeah, even though the rooms are represented in that primitive Doom engine, 
I'm not sure exactly what the process was, but it does look like someone stepped into that room and then started filming, you know, for the whatever CG mock-up they used for the blue screen. So the the in-game set dressing and the cutscene set dressing are really, they kept loyal between both. Yes. Yes. And that's what keeps the illusion that everything is the same always. Everything's always the same. (laughs) Part of what plays into that is that uh, there are also digitized sprites in the game, so when you look in a mirror, you see Adam the actor. And then you shoot him. And then you shoot him. Stop. <laughs> if, they, if they didn't want me to shoot the mirror, then it wouldn't have turned red. Shouty? Good point. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say gameplay... What? Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Would you say... <clears throat> Shouty, would you say gameplay and cutscenes are in harmony? Mm, I don't know. How do I... How do I judge whether or not cutscenes and gameplay are in harmony to begin with? That's a good question. Does it feel like they're two different games? Yeah. Well, no. Why not? Not two different games, but they're definitely different mediums. So uh, it's hard to um, hard to make them harmonious to begin with. So when you watch a cutscene, this is definitely like sit back and watch a movie. Yeah, it's not like, I, I don't feel like, well, I feel like the game aspect is, like, very distinct from the cutscene, sit back and watch movie aspect. Do you think the the perspective plays into that? Uh, yeah, and I feel like maybe if the actors themselves were digitized, like, if they were, like, actual sprites pre-rendered and not acting in front of a green screen... It would seem more seamless. Like if it was like a Flash cartoon with sprites, and they were just standing there and talking instead of having full acting. Like Darkseed? Maybe. Like Mike Allen Special Edition or something? Just adding... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I just think that there's too much movie in this game to make it feel feel, uh, harmonious. There's two hours. It took seven weeks to shoot everything. I know. <laughs> Fox, how seriously do you take the story? I'm usually pretty bad to ask this question, because I usually take it serious enough to believe in it. And then, I, I'm, I'm usually, I don't think I'm really that critical about stories until someone else tells me there's something ridiculous about it. Okay. So you... Oh. Well, yeah. how do you think... How do you think whoever's telling you how ridiculous the story is ter- determines how seriously you should be taking it? I don't know. Like, uh, I'm playing, and I, I, I don't feel like Adam, Adam... I feel like Adam really does want to save his father's soul, or he, and that Rebecca wants to help him, and that Belial wanted to kill me. Like, I don't feel like any of it was staged. So does the whole... Uh, like Lovecraftian lore mansion thing work out for you? Do you um? Does it feel like it's genuinely building up to a world-ending threat? Hmm. I feel like there's some some doom creeping in. I don't feel like it's world-ending yet, but it could just be my my point in the game. Okay. okay. I have a sense of dread coming on. I guess. Pretty early on, I think they try to build up to that 
and yeah. it so far to me has felt pretty forced. They jump to it too quickly, I think. Wario fan, how seriously do you take the story? I believe anything that stars Brian Crescente. <laughs> how many things star Brian Crescente? Realms of the Haunting and uh, Kotaku. No, he he asked how many, not which ones. Damn. <laughs> I Those can't count more than one. I don't know. Um, I mean, you know, it's it's not like you know that that game pissed where you know they, you know, <laughs> don't take themselves seriously. It tries to present itself, you know. Hey, this is a spooky story game. Get scared, kids. So it takes itself seriously, which means you buy into it. Yes, I believe it. Okay, that's fair. I think it's worth noting that there are times when Adam kind of steps back and is like, wow, this is weird and dumb bullshit. And um, <laughs> that helps pull me into the game because sometimes I think that too, and it it's nice to know Adam feels the same way, and instead, like, the game is almost self-aware about how weirdo it is. He has emotions. Yeah. What are emotions? Oh, yeah, no. see, Shadi doesn't know either. Right, I forgot we had a robot. <laughs> um, Shadi, how seriously do you take the story? I don't. Why not? Very much because it's boring. Hmm. Would you think it was boring if you were 10 years old and playing it? Yes, I would. In fact, they'd probably think it was more boring. (laughs) Yeah, Realms of the Haunting does try to go for, like, a dense atmospheric story, so if you're 10, that's probably going to go further over your head than if you're 20. What if you were a baby? Then you wouldn't know what it was. Yeah, you'd play Jumpstart 6th grade edition. So, Shadi, there's just, uh... Nothing in the story is interesting? Not... Not really. Why is that? I don't know. It's just... Oh. I don't know. Okay, that's fair. But, I mean, I... It's just... I guess it doesn't appeal to me just by what it is. Mm. Maybe the genre? Yeah, I guess I don't like this. Whatever this genre of story is. Okay. I do like the gameplay, though. It's It's got a nice appeal to it that I like. Yeah, I'm actually surprised that how much I like the gameplay. The gameplay is like... It's, it's you know, it's decent. Yeah. I can do it. Any final words on story in Realms of the Haunting? I really like how... If you, you mentioned Adam stepping back and saying how the situation is bullshit... I like how, how how they can sometimes break it up with, uh, you know, cutting the seriousness and being a little uh, less straight about it. Like, Narl's entire character is a good break <laughs> from all the drama. Yeah. Can you describe Narl for us? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, time is the traveler. I am the constant. You non-linear mortal, or you linear mortal. Yeah, I love that line where he calls you a linear mortal like it's an insult that we go through time in one direction. <laughs> um, Are you ready to take my test? <laughs> That's great. Uh, yeah, 
Project is done. I have no time for this trivialities. <laughs> that PC Gamer article does uh, make some good points about character. How um, even if the characters are kind of flat, they don't really evolve. They do at least have like a, he calls it a spark of humanity, where they just have like some feature to them that makes them uh, feel like they have a personality. Yeah, it makes them relatable. Yeah. All right, well, thank you for joining me on Realms of the Haunting. In conclusion, Wario fan, uh, do you know who Rebecca Trevisart is? Nope. All right. Uh, Shouty, if you were Rebecca Trevisart... I think we lost He's not here. Oh, no. (laughs) You killed him. Oh, my goodness. Hello? What happened? You were sucked into Dimension X. Oh, I saw it in Realms of the Haunting. You are in the garden dimension. Which uh, one? <laughs> yeah, whoa, good question. Um, <clears throat> so, Shouty, hard-hitting questions. If you were Rebecca Trevisard, would you follow Adam or ditch him? Who's Rebecca Trevisard? Wait, you... <laughs> don't... <laughs> don't troll me. Um, Who's that? I already, I, I already know why she does it. So I'm not gonna spoil anything. Uh, okay. So you you feel okay? Well, Fox, uh, would you follow Adam or ditch him? Uh, was the house locked when they're in there? Are they, are they locked in the house? Well, the oh. door is locked, but the windows are not. Okay, so I guess we can crawl out the window. Yeah. You have to shoot the window first. <laughs> well, you can you can touch it without shooting it. it. No, no, you have to shoot it. So Fox, you would you wouldn't even bother with the house anymore. You would just leave now that Adam's here. Maybe. I don't know how much how, how deep this is going to go, so I might want to stick around for a little bit. Okay, like it might be fun to hang out with someone who has a shooty yep. staff. I'm around. Yeah. Sure. And the monsters haven't seemed have, they haven't seemed so dangerous so far. So. <laughs> uh, you know they only go after Adam and not Rebecca. It's true. Yeah. Alright. I think I would probably... I don't know. I'd have to think about that. Wario fan, any final words? Candle. Beautiful. Uh, (laughs) Shouty, any final words? French. (laughs) Fox, any final words? A podcast from the Norman period. (laughs) Whoa! (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Alright, I'm surprised it still works. Is that what the the baby crying is? A podcast from the Norman period? Oh, God. <laughs> we solved the puzzle. Oh, why are you saying this? on this podcast was taken from Realms of the Haunting. I'll leave you with this final thought. We talked about cohesion in both segments today. How well do the controls fit the level design? 
And does one aspect of control fit another? Can the cutscenes and the in-game dialogue fit together? These are all discussions about one aspect of the game feeling relevant or complementary to another. How important is this feeling to you? Do you ever notice a game feeling disjointed, and does it ever put you off? Why is that? If you have any comments or questions, please email vgcommune at gmail.com.